Welcome to From God to Us, the podcast where we discuss biblical studies and biblical issues to answer questions about God, about the Bible, about people, about life and cultural issues with application for daily living. We're in our current series of How We Got the Bible, and today is our last episode in that series. We will be talking about choosing a translation of the Bible. I hope you followed us through this series. We've talked about the authority of the Bible. We talked about the canon of Scripture and all the Bible books that we believe either belong in the Bible or those that don't, and reasons for that. We've looked at the text of the Bible, primarily the Greek text, the history of the Greek text, and how we know we can have confidence in that text as we translate it into English today. We looked at last time at the process of translation, helping you understand what goes into making a good translation of the Bible. And I recommend that you listen to that episode before you listen to this one or at least to all of them before you listen to this one. But if you're looking to choose a translation of the Bible, hopefully this will be helpful. A couple of books to recommend to you that I did not mention on the last episode. One is titled The Complete Guide to Bible Translations by Ron Rhodes and How to Choose a Translation for All It's Worth by Gordon D. Fee and Mark L. Strauss. I put these in the notes to the last episode, uh, and I have them in these notes as well, if you would like to read those books, they will help you in understanding the translation process and the whole issue of trying to choose a translation. But what I find is that most people choose a Bible translation based upon the recommendation of another person or by its ease of understanding. Most people want to read a translation of the Bible that they can understand, but with all the translations available, they may find it confusing. Often, a pastor will recommend his favorite translation and people will choose that one because they trust their pastor. This is not necessarily a bad thing, but most people do not understand what goes into a translation and what makes various translations different. And that's why we went through the whole process in the last episode. Here's a question to ask that we ended the last episode with. Does the translation accurately translate the original meaning of the Greek and Hebrew text into the English language in such a way that it clearly communicates to the target audience the message God intended to communicate to the original audience? In other words, those that are reading it in their language, does it accurately communicate what God was communicating when he had it originally written? And that's the challenge of translation. So as you get into the process of choosing a translation, here are some things to consider. First of all, what are you using the translation for? Is it devotional reading, group Bible study? Are you preaching and teaching? Are you you teaching classes? Are you looking for something for in-depth Bible study? And we'll go through these in, in just a moment. But what are you using the translation for? You, are you looking for one primary translation or several translations? Think through that process before you pick a translation or translations in order to read. Understand the approach taken to each particular translation you're considering. Remember we looked at last time the formal equivalence, which is 
kind of word for word, but not 100% word for word. The functional equivalence, which is more of a meaning for meaning, and then a mediating approach, which takes a little bit of both of the other two approaches and tries to get the best translation possible. So what approach is each translation taking in bringing you that version, their version or their translation of the Bible? Consider having more than one translation that you read regularly. I think this is very helpful. It's easy to get locked into one translation that you read all the time. And I think sometimes hearing different translations are, are helpful because most translations are saying the same thing. They're communicating the same text. They just sometimes use different words. You may have one for light reading and another one for in-depth Bible study. You may use it just to compare translations when studying. You can use Bible study software or online sites that help compare various translations. I just think this can be helpful in your whole reading process. Be sure you can read and understand it. Recommendations are great. But try them out before you spend a lot of money on maybe a leather Bible or a study Bible. Read through them. See if you you can understand it. See if it's smooth reading. Be sure that you know what you're purchasing when you purchase a Bible. Look for the more modern translations that represent our current form of English. We talked about the King James. Some people love the King James. And there's an old issue of some people think the King James is so much better. But actually, it's very archaic language, and even some of the Greek behind it has been brought into question. So find a translation that you can understand. The King James was good for a number of years. It was a very very loved translation, but it's not very helpful for most English-speaking people today. The New King James is a considerable improvement, but still more difficult to read than other good translations. So keep these things in mind when you're choosing a translation. Uh, Let's talk about the specific uses that I just mentioned for devotional reading or just reading through the Bible. If you're going to do that, you want to choose an easy-to-read translation, probably one that is more of a functional equivalent or more of a mediating translation, something that's communicating in smooth, readable English that's actually a translation that's translating the meaning of the text, but it's, it's just easier to read. You don't want to have to worry about a lot of meanings of words. You want to just be able to read it and get the basic gist of the text. You you want the basic meanings. Some recommendations for this are the NIV, that's the New International Version, the NLT, the New Living Translations, the CSB, which is the Christian Standard Bible, and to some degree I might recommend the message, but again, that's not a study Bible. It's only a paraphrase. It's a good paraphrase but it's not a real good uh, study Bible, and you might use that as a secondary version to read. If you're looking for in-depth Bible study, I recommend you have two primary translations. Have a formal equivalence translation and one that's either mediating or more functional equivalence translation. And again, if these terms are not familiar with you, you need to listen to the previous episode. The formal equivalence translations are better for word studies because the words are often translated more consistently, whereas the formal equivalence translations are better for clearer understanding in the overall meaning and and hard to translate passages. So I think they can work in conjunction if you use two of them in more in-depth Bible study. Here are some recommendations. 
the New American Standard Bible is the best formal equivalence translation available, in my opinion. It does a wonderful job of translating and holding close as possible to the word-for-word, yet trying to get it in a good readable English. The ESV is a good formal equivalence translation, but it's not as consistent as the New American Standard Bible in translating words the same. It uses a little bit of functional equivalence. It's a good translation. If you're going to go in with a straight formal equivalence, a more word-for-word type translation, you, I would recommend the New American Standard Bible. The New International Version is a good mediating translation. I know it's received a lot of bad press, but most of that stuff is that you hear is incorrect information about the New International Version. It's still a very good translation. Even the most recent 2011 translation is very good. Uh, the New Living Translation is a good functional equivalent translation. It's very easy to read. Many people like that. I think the CSB or the Christian Standard Bible or even the NET, the New English Translation, are also good mediating type translation choices. And so those are, those are some of the versions that I like the best that I think are very good, very consistent for different types of Bible study. If you're looking at group Bible study, this sometimes can become a problem when so many people have different translations. But it also can be helpful to hear different renderings of the same passage, but you might need some help in understanding why they are different. And there are times where a a sentence will read very different from one translation to another, and trying to understand why is that translation doing that I think is helpful, but you might need to dig into that a little bit. If you're using study guides for a group Bible study, it's helpful to use the translation used in writing the study guide. Often these study guides will have a translation that they are using, and it's, it's probably good to use that, which helps be consistent in your group Bible study. If you're preaching or teaching, you want a translation that people can understand. If you're reading something like the King James, oftentimes people can't understand it. You spend maybe half your time explaining the words, explaining what the sentences mean in such a translation. If the majority of the people that you're teaching uh, read a particular translation, maybe you want to use that one and switch to that version. It makes it helpful if everyone's reading the same thing. But find a, a translation that you are comfortable reading aloud. I think that's important. If you're preaching and teaching out of that, again, a good translation, but something you're, you're familiar with. I want to address the issue of study Bibles. A lot of people have study Bibles today, and they use those quite often. There's some that are very popular right now, but I want, I want to talk about those. If you're choosing a Bible, do you get a study Bible? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Here's what study Bibles have to offer. Scripture references. This is very good. They'll refer you in the margins to other passages of Scripture that that are somehow related. Maybe there's a related word or a related thought, and this can be very helpful in your Bible study. So that's a good thing. Explanation of difficult words and phrases. So sometimes they'll they'll explain some of the words in the text. They'll give you alternate definitions, or they'll explain there are phrases that are difficult to understand. There's sometimes explanations of translations issues. Why does this version have a verse that the version you're reading doesn't? And it'll talk about the text and the background behind it. 
background and historical information can be very helpful out of some of your study Bibles. You understand what is happening in the situation. You understand the historical time, what is going on in that time in history makes a difference sometimes in understanding the text. And study Bibles can offer you a lot of background information. But also recognize their limitations. They're often very incomplete in explaining difficult issues. So if you have a, a very controversial or difficult passage, they usually don't do a really good job of giving you a good explanation. They don't give you other options. Sometimes there are several different options for an explanation, and they usually don't give you that. The notes are sometimes just the opinion of an author or authors of the study notes. So what their opinion is, they're giving you their opinion, so it's like a commentary. And that can be good, but it, that can be limiting. Doctrinal issues will be slanted toward the author of the notes. Whatever the author's doctrinal position is, your notes are going to be slanted toward that. So how do you use study Bibles? I would read these notes only after you have read the passage and done your own study. In other words, don't become dependent upon these notes. And I think this is the danger of always using a study Bible as your primary Bible. Because immediately you're going to run to these notes and you're not going to really do some study for yourself. And again, the notes are slanted to some degree and you're going to be influenced by these notes rather than doing some of your own study. So I would, I would use them as a resource to consult. They're resources. And that's okay. But read the text first before you run to these notes is my recommendation. Now, the background information, again, and the scriptural references are probably the most helpful part of the study Bible. The overview and introduction to a particular book of the Bible can often help the reader gain the proper perspective on the historical situation. So there's good things there, but again, don't become dependent on that. Use your own Bible study first. So what should your primary Bible be? Well, here's my recommendation. Don't use a study Bible as your primary Bible. Now, that's just, again, an opinion. Some of you may use study Bibles as your primary Bible, and you can still study the Word of God and understand it, but that's just my recommendation. Again, because you'll become dependent on the notes rather than doing your own study. Use these study Bibles as a resource. I believe your primary Bible should be a plain text translation with Scripture references and no study notes, and possibly, if you can find them, with room in the margin to make your own notes. I think that makes the best study Bible because it's forcing you to study the text and read it for yourself and using the study Bible notes as a resource. See, you want to read the text without another person's opinion first. Again, I use commentaries, I use study notes, all those things are helpful, but I always try to read the Bible just as it is in that particular translation before ever going to some study notes or some commentary. So let's kind of close this out and look at what is some of my closing advice about choosing a translation. So don't choose a translation just because someone else said it was the best. Ask why they think it's the best. Sometimes you'll find people are saying it's the best because someone told them it was the best and someone told them it was the best and you don't really know why. They're just saying this is their opinion because someone told them. 
when someone speaks negatively about a particular translation, ask questions. You hear a lot of this. People will criticize, well, this translation is not very good, or that translation is not very good. Why? Do they really know what they're talking about? Find out if they really know. Are they just repeating something someone else told them? This happens a whole lot in the Christian world. We hear things. It sounds right. Maybe we trust the person and we repeat it. But sometimes we have no idea what we're really talking about, and the other person has no idea what they're really talking about. Don't reject a translation or accept a translation simply on one person's recommendation. Do some research. Find out when people are criticizing Bible translations, is this really true? I would recommend you try out different translations and know the approach that the translators took for each one. And I recommend use it more than one translation in your reading and study. So here are my personal choices for Bible translations. And you can take this for what you will as an opinion, but it's what I use. I use the NIV, that is the 1984 version, for most of my daily reading and preaching. Why is that? Well, I, I think it's a very good translation. It's kind of a mediating translation. It's the version I've gotten used to. And sometimes that's the translation we use the most is the one that we're used to. And, and I read it and, and I like it. And I have not updated to the 2011 version of the NIV, not because I think it's a bad version, but because I'm so used to this one, this is what I read. And I also use the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, for additional study of a passage. I read the ESV on occasions. It's not a primary study Bible, but I do use it because it is a good translation. I use a Bible study app to compare the most popular translations. Sometimes I'll get a passage of Scripture, and I'll pull it up on the Bible app, and I'll have five different translations pulled up, and I compare each one and see how they're translating it. I think that can be helpful in study. I also use the Net Bible online. It's the New English Translation uh, there's a free online uh, version of this. It's a good translation, and I find the online version has some good notes and commentary. Well, that's my advice, my opinion about translations. Again, talk to other people. Read these resources I gave you. Uh, if you're trying to choose a translation, be careful about listening to the rhetoric that's out there in the Christian community. Sometimes it's not always correct. Do some research. Know that there are good translations. There are various alternatives out there that are really good. Use a couple of different translations as you study the Bible. The point is, don't become dependent upon a study Bible. Read and study the Bible for yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the Word of God and for the Bible that it has been faithfully passed down to us through many, many years Thank you that we have translations that we can read and study and understand. Help us, Lord, to take your word, read it, and apply it in our lives on a daily basis. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.